Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. BetOnline covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. They have hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And of course, the 24-hour online casino. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to the Spider Scoop Podcast, episode 37. As always, I'm your host, Noah Goldberg with ESPN Richmond, joined by my struggling Charlotte Hornets fan and new LaMelo Ball super fan, but more importantly, writes about the Spiders for a 10 talk, and that's Austin Daisy. Austin, it's 1043 a.m., the day after a brutal loss in VCU last night. How are you doing on this cold, frozen, snowy, depressing morning? Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. But the one positive, you know, being a teacher, nothing going on today. So get a little bit of a break there, get to recover. Don't have to talk to any of the VCU alums at the school. So can't be <laughs> yeah. so bad. That's definitely a plus. Yeah, Austin and I are both uh, hunkered down. He's got no work today and I've got no classes today. So both had some extra time on our hands. So we can't complain there. But yeah, you know, this um, that game last night was – it was expected in some ways, and it also wasn't. I think that obviously we'll get into like the pace of play. I don't think is exactly what we expected, but I think what we could see coming was the energy and and the fatigue in this one. Um, just instant reactions. What were what jumped out to you in this game? What surprised you? Um, just let let's just start unpacking this. Yeah, no, I mean it looked like we had been on a COVID pause, and it looked like we just played a D three team earlier mm-hmm. in the week. It was, I mean, there were times where it looked like we were playing underwater. And that's not even a knock on anybody on the team, nothing related to the basketball team. It's just what happens when you have to go on these long pauses and you don't get your legs under you. Because, you know, a lot of people think that, oh, well, they, they just can't play games. Like, no, these guys aren't practicing. They're, they're not doing anything. And these are, I mean, these are top-level athletes. And then you get out there and have to play against a team, you know, has the tempo like VCU you're going to look slow regardless. And I really think that showed last night. So hopefully we can regroup and get ready for Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And we saw it, you know, in the first half, Grant was calling for a sub early, like, like 13 minutes into the game, he was just looked like he had heavy feet. Um, So obviously hindsight's 2020 Um, looking back, you know, I I think we all understood why they did kind of the D three tune-up game on, on Sunday. And I understand the concern of not wanting to play the D1 game because you're not, you don't want trap games. Like at this point in the season, you just want, you know, to build your resume. Um, and, and I still think, you know, maybe, you know, if they had played a D1 team Sunday, you know, even if it was George Mason, maybe they, they lose that game and they're in even a worse spot than they are now. And I don't think that necessarily would have meant they would have won last night. However, there is something to be said for the fact that 
these guys did not look at all ready last night. Again, I don't know if playing a D1 team last Sunday means you're more ready today, but I certainly know that that game did not get them get them ready. Um, Grant and Tyler both played less than 20 minutes uh, last Sunday. Both of those guys had brutal games last night. I think Tyler only hit one field goal. I believe Grant was two of 11 from the field last night. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, They both had bad games last Sunday. They didn't play much at all last Sunday. Um, And and I want to practice Monday and and Tyler actually seemed to be struggling in practice on Monday too. So it doesn't seem like these are one-off things. Again, hindsight 2020, looking back, if you're Chris Mooney, would you change what you did last Sunday? Would you maybe not play a game at all? Would you take a D1 opponent, or do you still think that was the right move? Yeah, it's just, you know, like you said, hindsight 2020 in the moment felt like the right thing, and it's super easy for us and, you know, everybody on Twitter to say, oh, I would have done this. Well, that's why it's coaching Division One college basketball. It's a challenge, and we're in uncharted waters. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's so tough still to go back and say it was definitely the wrong move just because this is the third time they've come out of a pause. And, you know, I said in the pregame show with you and Mitchell yesterday, but it's like, why do the same thing when you know you got bad results both times definition of insanity, right? They came off the pause, almost lost to Wofford came out of the pause, lost to LaSalle. Um, so, so I get it. The, the data's out. It's pretty obvious. Um, so I, I like the idea of, you know, trying something new and seeing if we can tune it up. It obviously didn't work. Um, but I don't know. Cause they also, I thought played sharper in this one in certain ways, other than the shooting. Like I thought they actually played a pretty perfect game across the board, except for a not hitting shots, which is the most important thing in basketball and also just fatigue. So I don't know, maybe it did tune up their skills a little bit better than coming out and playing a D1 team right away. But obviously the shot wasn't there. Obviously the energy wasn't there. So so I don't know. We've never been in this spot before. So I think it's impossible for anyone to know what the right move is here. Um, but yeah, this was just a, a, across the board. I mean, when you see in the first seven and a half minutes of a game, VCU commit six turnovers and you only score six points total through seven and a half minutes off of six turnovers. That I was concerned right off the bat seeing that. I saw that and I was like, if these guys aren't turning these into points, and they actually did end up at the end of the game, I think they scored 13 points off turnovers. So they did start to turn some of those VCU turnovers into offense a little bit better than at the beginning of the game. But the fact that they weren't coming out doing that right off the bat, um, especially when Bones Highland was out, you know, he kind of had that lingering knee injury. He was out for a pretty decent stretch in the first half and they just weren't pushing it. They were not taking advantage of him being off the floor to extend a lead they really didn't have much of a lead they kind of traded baskets and fell behind and came back in the first half so um that that was just really concerning but i don't know what were your thoughts on the way they closed both halves because we obviously remember and we'll dive into how they really finished those last four minutes terribly but i think what kind of gets forgotten is that they actually in the first half come up and i think taken a small lead and they finished that first half on a what is it a like one of a, a one of eleven field goal shooting stretch i believe i want to say um in the first half so like they were running out of gas in that first half and they ran out of gas at the end of the game yeah i think it you know again i i don't like saying covid pause over and over because i don't want it to sound like an excuse because i'm not Mm -hmm. making an excuse for it it's just they looked like they had played a three overtime game like you said, at the, at the end of the first half, I mean, they were just tired. They didn't have their legs under them. Um, 
what's really frustrating to me about this game is the VCU really didn't play well either. I mean, yeah. VCU didn't do anything that, you know, that set the world on fire or had me thinking, man, like this team is really, really good. Richmond just didn't have the stamina and, you know, Bones was quiet early on. You know, they only hit – VCU only hit three threes, so did Richmond. So, I mean, looking at the box, just the straight-up box score, it looks like a competitive game. And for the most part, mm-hmm. it was. And then I just think at the end, again, it was not having the legs to run with VCU. Yeah, totally. I mean, they're down, you know, it, obviously, like we said, they, you know, Richmond finishes the game missing their last eight field goals versus VCU hits 10 of their final 11. Um, and, and like you said, it was actually competitive and close most of the game and around kind of like the five ish minute mark, like left in the second half, you know, Richmond starts to go on like about four minutes left. They were on like a three minute scoring drought. Um, they really in those last four minutes just and they played pretty good defense most of the game. Gilly did a great job on Bones, but those last like four minutes, you saw them foul a lot. They really struggled to get a stop without fouling. Um, and at that point, that's when you really start to see the lead and the game get out of hand. Um, you know, you go down, you're down seven on one end of the floor. Grant misses two straight free throws. So, okay, you could have been within five. Then they go back down um, uh, the other end. And what was it? Oh, yeah, they left. Yeah, with like two minutes left, right? They left Bones Highland wide open on a backdoor cut. Like it was a play right out of Richmond's textbook. Hassan Ward passes from the top of the key down to Bones. He's just running behind Gilly. And Gilly just turns around and just watches him go. And you just saw that physically and mentally just not at all there. Um, so that's that's a four-point swing. Instead of down five, you're down nine. Nine's pushing double digits. And then it's really hard to come back when you're down nine uh, uh, under two minutes. So, yeah, I, I thought they played the perfect game for the first 33 minutes aside from not hitting shots. And when you don't hit shots and you're tired, that's what's going to happen. We wanted to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators will verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects the sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers of $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Um, so with that, with that game uh, in the books, they dropped to 62 in Ken Palm. They're 60 in the net, not including last night's game. Um, so they will probably move down in the net a little bit. That would put them at two and three in quad one games versus eight and three against quad two, three and four games. So I hate to say it, and there's a lot of reasons and excuses and COVID's weird, but at the end of the day, this team's really not doing so great against the top, uh, both of the conference and just who they're playing. Um, I know their best win is against Loyola Chicago, but Loyola Chicago really hasn't beaten anyone very good either this year besides splitting games with Drake. So that could even be in quite honestly an overrated win. 
Um, again, it's so hard with all the pauses, but at the same time, you can't just excuse them for COVID pauses because VC has only been paused for one day this entire season. So it's like, yeah, it sucks. But at the same time, like they have, they're responsible for those COVID pauses. Like you are responsible for your behavior and, and having a COVID outbreak on the team. You're not going to put all the blame on them for that, but that's not just an excuse. Like some teams are doing better than others with that. Um, do you think, so obviously Duquesne's coming up this Saturday, um, what do they look like for these next five games? They've got a lot of, you know, good chances. Um, they've got SLU, Duquesne, um, VCU again. Plus, we, you know, the Fordham game will probably become a better game and maybe the UMass too. Do you see them turning it around here? They obviously won their last four games last year to finish. Are they going to get it going? Or are we kind of just in the mode where you got to win the A-10 tournament to get in at this point? Unfortunately, that's where I feel like we're at. You know, we we've dropped too many games against you know teams that obviously we should have beat you know LaSalle and um, Hofstra those obviously play a big role but you know I looked at last night only game in the A-10 everybody's watching and they just see us lay an egg and it's almost like how much longer are we going to be hanging around in this conversation and still continue to get these chances to oh well if Richmond wins this game they might be in good position because it just seems like we have a lot of those games where everybody's saying, okay, well, if Richmond wins tonight, they'll be in consideration. And it just seems like every time we have one of those, we fall short. And, you know, if we don't have another COVID pause, I really do like our schedule um, for at large. I'm not very confident right now. I mean, we're, we're going to have to run the table. You got to beat SLU. Um, mm-hmm. And then whoever, if we get a game in spot of the Fordham game, just got to win. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, they're like you said, you know, that's pretty much what it's come to. Um, I think unless they somehow go undefeated in this final stretch and really, you know, dominate VCU, have a really good game against SLU, beat St. Bonaventure if you play them again. And that's a lot of ifs. And even if you hit all those ifs, they still may not get in uh, at large. If anything, like we said, it could just end up cannibalizing the league. So I, I, I do think they're at the point where it's it's conference winner, quite honestly, a bust. Um, so, so let's look at that schedule. We have Duquesne on Saturday in a moment. We'll, we'll preview that and break that down. So you've got Duquesne, uh, this Saturday, Fordham on Tuesday. Again, Fordham is on pause. So we are pretty much assuming that game's going to get switched. Then you have St. Louis UMass on March 3rd, another game that could get switched. Uh, UMass is paused. And even if they unpause, that could be like a Duquesne LaSalle type situation. Um, and then obviously finishing off with VCU, um, what do you see happening? Obviously, again, on Tuesday, I believe Dayton and St. Bonaventure, I think both have that date open. So you could see one of those two teams um, swap in. Both of those need to be away games anyway. So that kind of works in that. Um, and then we look at UMass on March 3rd. SLU has March 3rd open. They do have a game on the 2nd, but it's TBD. There's no time and it's George Mason. So potentially maybe they just play on the third um, and then SBU and Dayton also have March 3rd open. So what games do you want to see get filled into those two slots, maybe added into a different day? Um, what do you think is going to happen with these last five? Um, again, you know, it's hard. It's crazy to think that, like we're sitting here in mid February making schedule predictions. You know, we're not predicting a bracket. We are literally predicting who we might be playing on Tuesday night. It's just, it's a crap shoot. I would I would love to see either Dayton or St. Bonaventure. Um, either way, again, like we just said, it's a must win. Um, every game from here on out is a must win because 
I do think our our chance at getting a berth is running the table and winning the A10. So give me Dayton, give me St. Bonaventure. Um, again, the way we played the Bonnies the first game, you know, very winnable, just we didn't shoot the ball well. And that um, seems to be kind of the pattern we run into when we're playing a tough team. But again, you got to right the ship at some point if you want to get the recognition that this team is capable of deserving. So give me Dayton, give me St. Bonaventure, and let's go. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think, I don't know. I just had this feeling like they're going to end up getting Dayton on one of these dates. I would really love to see the two switches be St. Bonaventure and St. Louis. Um, those were like the two most important matchups going into the season that you probably needed other than you probably would have said Dayton at the beginning of the year, not so much now. Um, so hopefully they get those two, but even if they get one of those back, um, they can, but the, this schedule honestly could potentially be deadly too. Cause like it's the schedule they need if they want to have any life, but also, Again, they just lost to VCU, and we've seen the struggles. Like, this is a tough schedule. Like, what if they go in and they they go one and four, uh, or, or two and three? You know, it could get it could get really ugly. Um, but got to start with Duquesne on Saturday. Um, are there any before we dive into Duquesne? Are there any changes you think they need to make in their approach? Because again, it's just been so inconsistent this year, and and I've been really down on Blake Francis. And quite honestly, like I'm kind of at the point it's never gonna happen. But I w- at this point, I, w- I would bench Blake Francis. I would do it. I would bench big Blake Francis, and I would start Andre Gustafson. I really would. Um, and this is a team that, again, you know, inconsistent shooting. They've still been, I think, the best field goal percentage team in the conference, one of the better three-point shooting per- shooting teams by the numbers, again, inconsistent. But still, it's not a bad offensive team, even though they didn't score a lot of points last night. It's not a bad offensive team. And Blake Francis, if anything, is holding their offense back, I would argue, this year. Um, and, and we always think of the Andre substitution as like, you know, a, a defensive substitution. He's six, four, he gives you link, but then you're like, you know, he can't spread the floor. Blake's a better shooter. You take Blake out, you put Andre and you lose shooting. Oh no, we don't have Nick Sherrod anymore. Now they have no floor spacing. Right. I don't really buy that discussion because Andre on the season actually has a better offensive rating than Blake by a pretty decent margin. He has 110 offensive rating. Um, and Blake has a 102 offensive rating. So the Spiders offense actually runs better with Goose on the floor than it does with Blake. Um, and obviously Goose has better defensive numbers. Blake has just been a liability on defense this year. He was, I think that's kind of what helped them be the most efficient defense in the conference last year was obviously we knew what Gilly did, but Blake was surprisingly good on ball. I think he's been really bad on ball this year. Um, and, and of course, I mean the shots, right? Like he opened the game last night. He had two fouls, including a charge. Um, and he took like this, like four minutes in the game, took like a fadeaway contested mid-range jumper with like 19 seconds on the shot clock. I feel like I described that exact same shot from him. Like every, every podcast it's driving me bananas. Uh, I don't know if you have thoughts on that, but again, like, is it moot? You don't want to upset him. You know, you're this far into the season, but they've got to figure out something. They've got to change something. Is that something you would like to see to maybe spark something new? Um, Potentially. You know, I liked – I really liked, obviously, at this point of the season, I don't think we're going to bench a senior for a freshman. But Isaiah yeah, yeah. Wilson came in last night. And, man, it, it got me excited for years to come because he came in, you know, his first game against VCU. It's a big, big-time moment for the kid. And he got out there, got five points in three minutes, looked composed. I mean, did everything the right way. So before I talk about Blake, that, that excited me for the future. But, you know, Blake is just one of those guys where he's on or 
he is way off. And there were moments last night where I felt like he had the potential to take over the game offensively. Mm-hmm. You know, he had some great um, drives, drawing the getting the contact um, in the AM one opportunities. But again, those the shot selection just doesn't seem to be going through his mind. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's just the I need to get a basket. I, I need to score. I need to do this. But yeah, it it didn't work last night. And like you said, it just feels like he's not even looking at the shot clock and yeah, doing a fade away with 19 seconds left is idiotic. It is. It's it's absolutely idiotic. It's hurting their team. And and like you said, there were moments where it's like, oh, he could do it because you know he has the ability. I mean, right out of the right out of the first half, I think he hit their first bucket of the second half, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And he just went right, left, cross, and just put his head down and went downhill to his left side and got him a bucket and arguably should have been a foul. Um, and then you just like didn't see him do that the rest of the game. Um, and especially on a night when not just Blake, but everyone wasn't shooting well and, and shots weren't falling. You know, the moments when they did start to get things going were when, you know, Nate went back to the basket and Nate would, Nate would attack. There were a couple of flashes when Gilly would dribble drive and penetrate and, and maybe he got a layup or he'd find the kick out. Um, you know, those were the moments when they started to, to look better and have some life. And then they just like, didn't, didn't go back to that. Um, you know, I don't know how much of that was again, you know, Grant and Tyler who are arguably their best interior players, you know, I don't know if how ready they were or if they were just having a bad game, but maybe that's part of it because your best low weapons aren't doing it. But I don't know this this Blake thing. Like, I I don't know why I, I keep talking about it because it's the same conversation. Um, I don't know if this is a Mooney issue of if I'm Chris Mooney, like I don't know what he's doing at this point with with Blake. Like, I don't know how he hasn't had a conversation with this guy. Like, it's so it's so obvious. Um, so, all right, I'm getting riled up here. I've, I think I've made clear my, my thoughts on that. So we'll move on from Blake. Um, hope he doesn't listen to this podcast, <laughs> but so wrapping it up, Duquesne on Saturday, um, they're in a similar situation. Richmond was, uh, they had won three in a row, including a win over Dayton and then went on pause. So they've missed three straight games. Uh, their last game was February 2nd, a win over Dayton. So about a two week pause, similar to Richmond, um, this is a really good defensive team. Uh, they're fourth in defensive efficiency in the A-10. They've only given up 70 points in the A-10 twice. Um, their opponent effective field goal percentage is the best in the conference. Uh, not a good shooting team. They don't shoot the three that well, but a good good defensive team. We saw what happened in the game last year between these two teams, matchup-wise, you know, with, with uh, Michael Hughes and, and Marcus Weathers, physical guys, kind of St. Louis-ish. You looked at it as a bad matchup, and Richmond actually – beat him pretty good last year. Um, but, but the thing that stood out in that game was how Richmond dominated in the paint. Uh, they outscored Duquesne 40 to 18 in the paint last year, out rebounded them 50 to 39. And, and that's kind of what scares me about this game. Cause I feel like this Richmond team this year defensively and quite honestly on the glass too, I, I just think they're a lot less tough and I think they're a lot less physical and also important to note in that game, Duquesne went 10 of 25 from the free throw line. So you know, Richmond didn't shoot the ball that well in that game. So if Duquesne maybe hits more free throws, maybe that's a closer game. Uh, what are your thoughts this Saturday? Again, a Duquesne team that had kind of been rolling, but is coming off the pause home game for spiders. They've got to have the advantage here. Oh, hundred percent. If I'm Richmond, I'm looking my chops right now, just knowing, you know, how Richmond's come out of the pause, you know, seeing how they played in each of the three games, you know, minus the same Mary's game, but looking at those two coming out of the pause, I mean, they had zero energy. So 
one, one thing that Richmond can definitely hope for is they're going to have legs under them. You know, Mooney said last night, today was a potential complete day off, giving them a um, day of rest to get ready for Saturday. So Richmond's got to hope that, you know, Duquesne's going to come in just, just like they did and they're going to be tired and just need to capitalize on that. Um, there were times last night, you know, at the beginning of the game where it was six to six, like eight minutes in and it seemed like that was playing into our favor, but just missed so many shots at the basket and just, just opportunities. Got to take advantage of those. And this is a game I can see Richmond winning again, advantage being Duquesne hasn't played in a while. Yeah. I, and I honestly, like, I kind of feel like that's the only advantage they have in this game. I think it's home court advantage, which we can argue if that's even advantage for this team and Duquesne coming off the pause, because other than that, like I said, they had been playing well. I really think that the matchup is not as favorable as we think based on last year's game. I think that free throw 10 of 25. And, and again, just the fact that Richmond out physical them with us on a word, quote unquote, last year, I just don't see them. I just don't think they can do that again this year. And I know that you're, you know, theoretically more physical because you have Tyler instead of Nick. So it is a more physical lineup, but I don't know. It just the step Grant took defensively last year in the post just seems to have disappeared this year. I, I feel like he gets moved around. Um, there's just a lot of rebounds where you just one-on-one, you just don't see him box out that well. Guys get positioned on him. He just looks like he just stands really tall and isn't moving, moving well down there. And, and this goes further back than just last night because he was tired. It's really been all year. Um, so again, it's, it's favorable. I think they should win the game. Um, but if they come out and they don't hit shots, um, if they don't, dominate in the paint to the tune of 40 to 18 scoring um it's concerning and and especially too when you think defensively you know last year richmond was fourth i mentioned how duquesne is has the best opponent effective field goal percentage in the a10 last year richmond was fourth in the conference there so they were at the top uh they were holding opponents of 47 percent effective field goal percentage um d1 average was 50 percent, so they were top of the conference and better than d1 average this year they are 13th in the a10 allowing opponents a 54% effective field goal percentage. And that is worse than the D1 average. So they're not even an above average division one team. There's 300 plus division division one teams. So it's just such a stark difference in defense from last year to this year, which just, again, it just doesn't make sense when, when Tyler's in the lineup, like this theoretically should be a better, better defensive team. And I think, again, I hate to keep going at Blake, but that is a guy that's just taken such a step back this year um, defensively. So I'm concerned uh, for the Saturday. Again, I think they're going to win, but Ken Palm gives Duquesne a 24% win chance. I think that's way too low. I, I look at this game and again, the COVID pause, I don't know. I'd say like a 65, 35 in this game. Um, I'm, I'm pretty pessimistic at this point. Um, and I, I, I just really want to see mentally how these guys respond. Yeah, no, I agree. You, you hit the nail on the head with all that. And, you know, we, every team in the country is going through this COVID stuff. Everybody had, you know, a different off season. So we, you know, when fans, you know, I'll look and they're like, Oh man, we just, we didn't have that normal, you know, summer workout. Nobody did. So mm-hmm. again, you know, talking about the guys taking steps back, it is very disappointing to see. Um, but again, you know, they still got life. There's the nail is nowhere near being all the way in the coffin yet. Just go out there Saturday, play your game, take advantage of a, you know, not as strong Duquesne team as they they haven't played in a while. And Mm -hmm. let's just go from there. Yep. And and again, no, I I believe Macy Austin's not back. I think no Macy Austin, obviously since your carry left. Um, And again, you know, this Duquesne really can't shoot the ball. Tavian DeMartin takes a 
hell of a lot of threes and misses a hell of a lot of them to the tune of like 25% from deep um, small guy. So at least guard wise, you know, your guards aren't going to have trouble too much dealing with like size. It's Chad Baker who just stands and catches threes and Tavon DeMartin who just pops them. So yeah, they, again, as pessimistic as I sound, they should still win this game fairly comfortably um, and, and hopefully get a better game on, on Tuesday. So that's it from us. Richmond falls to four and three in the Atlantic 10. They, uh, they are, I don't know where they are on the standings now. I believe they're out of the, the top six now. Um, so four and three in the A10 uh, lose to VCU by, was it 12 points last night? Was it 68, 56 yep. um, Saturday home game, four thirty tip from the Robin center against Duquesne uh, technically a game on Tuesday against Fordham TBD. So Stay tuned for that. Uh, no pregame show for us this Saturday. We will have a radio pregame show for you guys on Tuesday, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, we'll have an episode out Saturday after the Duquesne game as well to recap that one, so keep an eye out. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at NoahGoldberg10. Follow Austin at AustinDaisy11. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe, five-star review, wherever you're listening, Spotify, Apple, wherever. Uh, we'd really appreciate that. Um, And with that being said, roll spiders. Don't waste my time. Honey, miss calls you crying. Why you always hit my line with the same old lies? Pretty girls want to have fun. Get drunk, get fucked up. Why you hit my line? Always talking about the same shit. Wasting my time. Sign to think that you were brainless. One of a kind is what you had me thinking you were out of my mind. And the truth hurt me down So I can't lie It's been better with you all my life Got a pain on mine Cause every time I think about you I get low Get low When I get home, baby, gon' drop me low I'm rockin' ice gold White gold on me and it shine like Don't waste my time Honey, miss calls, you cry Why you always hit my line with the same old lies? Pretty girls wanna have fun Get drunk, get fucked up Don't waste my time Honey, miss calls, you cry Why you always hit my line with the same old lies? Pretty girls wanna have fun Get drunk, get fucked up Why you hit my line? Always talking about the same shit Wasting my time Starting to think that you were brainless One of a kind is what you had me thinking you were Out of my mind And the truth hurt Damn we could always bring it back, babe I don't need a lover, but I lay you like a track Fell in love with all the racks So I could never take you back No, miss calls, make sex, I don't hit you back You got me one time, I could give you that If I'm telling truth, I ain't missing that No, don't waste my time Honey, miss calls, you cry Why you always hit my line with the same old lies Pretty girls wanna have fun Get drunk, get fucked up Don't waste my time Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.